Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert webinar, Can We Talk About It?, with Dr. Jonathan Nicosis. You will learn two CE hours for attending today's program, and you will receive important instructions on how to obtain your CE certificate at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, CE hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign Doctor site account. Please allow two to four weeks for CE hours to appear on your account. Please note you're able to listen to today's program via the webcast, and throughout the webinar, you will have the opportunity to ask text questions, which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. I apologize in advance if we're unable to answer everyone's questions since our time is limited, but we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding text questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety one week from today at AlignTechInstitute.com, where you may also access archived versions of all of our previous Ask the Expert programs anytime for CE hours. It's now my distinct pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Dr. Jonathan Nicosissis. Dr. Nicosissis reached the level of Invisalign Elite Advantage Provider in 2005 and has been treating Invisalign patients at his private practice in Princeton, New Jersey since 2001. He has taught Invisalign courses, conducted regional study clubs, and lectured at Invisalign summits. Dr. Nicosissis earned his DMD at the University of Pennsylvania and his MS and Certificate in Orthodontics from Temple University. He is a diplomat of the ABO and a member of the Angle Society. So without further ado, I'll turn the program over to Dr. Nicosissis. Dr. Nicosissis, you have the floor. Great. Thank you, David. Thank you, everybody, for attending. And today's topic, as you know, is can we talk about it? Uh, but more specifically, um, a candid conversation about designing your ClinCheck, like fixed appliances to avoid anterior interferences, posterior open bites, and tilted anterior teeth. By way of disclaimer, um, I'll go through my, my background here. Uh, as David already did, I'll skip it. But by way of disclaimer, uh, the statements I'm about to give are, are mine and my opinions. Um, Align may not endorse such statements, views, or opinions, and you are responsible for any legal or regulatory compliance and marketing uh, referral programs. So by way of introduction, for some reason when we look at virtual teeth on our computer screen, we somehow disregard the basic principles of the biomechanics that we know that we know best and that we take for granted with our fixed appliances. When we place a bracket on our tooth, our mind is like a Pentium 7 computer chip. When we place a, a wire in an edge-wide slot, uh, our mind is like this high-tech chip in the computer, and there are so many computations that are, are occurring simultaneously that we don't even think about any longer and that we really have taken for granted. But yet, when we look at cartoonodontics on a ClinCheck, our minds revert back to the days of the Commodore 64, and we kind of disregard these basic principles of, of mechanics. Uh, and we don't even think about how our appliance system of choice, that being a pushing piece of plastic, is acting on the crowns of the affected teeth, and how those forces might translate to the center of resistance somewhere apical in the root. With Align Therapy, the understanding of how teeth respond to our pushing plastic is really fundamental for proper treatment planning and more so for successful outcomes. But more to the point, it is our responsibilities as the doctor to design ClinCheck to mimic fixed appliances. Because that way, because we know that teeth are not smart and they don't know where the force is coming from. So this talk is specifically designed to discuss the issue of torquing or rather how excessive tipping of anterior teeth, in my opinion, has been a scourge of our treatment outcomes. I will also review with you some other potential clinical issues that may arise when torquing with the liners and how we might resolve these issues. 
but like other movements thought impossible or in poor control with the liners, I truly believe we can now uh, check off torquing because controlling torque uh, is, uh, can be checked off this list of movements that our critics say aligners can't accomplish. But one final point, that don't think of it as over-treating or over-engineering, rather simply think of it as mimicking the interaction of an edgewise wire in our bracket slot. Again, something that we take for granted uh, routinely with our fixed appliances. This is my satellite office. I wish, wouldn't that be great? So I'm gonna to present to you three cases, uh, examples of mimicking anterior space closure with different fixed appliances. So these are all class one anterior spacing cases. And this first case, is uh, anterior spacing case using improper mechanics resulting in poor torque. And again, translating it to the language of fixed appliances, the language that we know best, this is very similar to closing spaces on a round wire and power chaining molar to molar. So this is circa 2001, 2002, class one um, cross bite on the lower right four, deepened overbite um, and spacing. So here's a clincheck. This is back in the day when we just sent in the uh, impressions and we hit accept on the clincheck because it was designed this way and we figured it had to work. So I'm going to press play here and you see, look at that space closure. All I do is tip those teeth lingually and there is no regard for any control of lingual root torque during the space closure. And again, this is very similar to closing spaces on a round wire power chaining six to six. So we get to refinement and what do we have? We have anterior interferences and posterior open bites that, uh, that I cause. So let's term it iatrogenic posterior open bites caused by an anterior interference based on how the ClinCheck was designed. So here we are in refinement and I click play and it's more of the same poor tooth control. Just tipping the teeth back, no lingual root torque control whatsoever. Again, like closing spaces on a round wire power chaining six to six. So here we are final and the posterior teeth are now contacting, uh, the spaces are closed and knowing what we know now, uh, we could say if we wanna be critical that eight and nine are a little bit under torqued in their final alignment. Certainly a nice improvement, but you know, we like to be detail oriented and uh, we know we can control this a lot better today. So here's our next case, anterior space closure using proper mechanics resulting in better torque or emergence profile. And again, translating this to the language of fixed appliances, this is very similar to closing spaces on a flat, and I emphasize the word flat rectangular wire, uh, power chaining six to six, because there's a little bit of slop in the slot. And at some point, the edgewise of the wire will bind in that slot you'll get some binding and control your torque. So here we have um, next patient, class one, anterior spacing, upper and lower. And here I am communicating with my technician. When closing spaces, do not tip the anterior teeth, rather close the spaces with keeping them at their current inclinations or said another way, their current torque values. So you'll see the difference here where now as I retract, these teeth stay at the same torque value on the ClinCheck. They stay at the same emergence profile. But let's think about our appliance system of choice, that being a pushing piece of plastic. My force application is on the labial surface of the clinical crown. 
my center of resistance is somewhere apical and lingual to my force application. So what's going to happen clinically? Well, clinically, I know I'm going to get some tipping back based on how the forces are interacting on the crown, even though my ClinCheck shows otherwise. But unlike the first case, this case will be in much better control because at some point it will bind and prevent any excessive tipping of these anterior teeth. Stage 10 progress. And here we are final after uh, 20 stages, uh, about 10 months of treatment. And we've got nice posterior contacts. Uh, on all the teeth so we don't have any anterior interferences. And you can certainly see the difference in the emergence of those upper and lower anterior teeth. Even though uh, I asked the ClinCheck to keep them at the same emergence profile, uh, clinically what happened was we did get some tipping, but excessive tipping was avoided due to better torque control on my ClinCheck. Here's a, a final pan, excellent root parallelism and a nice result. Let's go to the third case of anterior space closure using power ridge mechanics resulting in even better torque or emergence profile of these teeth and translating this to the language of fixed appliances. This is uh, similar to closing spaces with a closing loop arch wire with torque in that anterior segment and that anterior segment of the wire stepped up to control the uh, vertical overbite. Uh, this is uh, my teen a white paper case that is available on the Line Tech Institute. The deep overbite, class one, I mean, my appliance system of choice, class one overbites, uh, spacing or crowding is certainly Invisalign. Um, but look at the difference with this ClinCheck, how I'm actively applying lingual root torque to upper two to two during the space closure to help prevent any excessive tipping. So here we are after nine months of treatment, uh, stage 18, everything is tracking beautifully. And here we are complete, overbites corrected. But to get this amount of correction is nine, in nine months is simply something I cannot do with fixed appliances. And please note this is on a teenager. For those of you not doing Invisalign on teenagers, you're, you're missing a wonderful opportunity. Here's my Ceph. Look at that nice control of my interincisal angle. Look at my leveling the curve of speed, where my marginal ridges of the lower fours and fives were certainly elevated. And this is uh, not out, out of the scope of this talk, but in my white paper I talk about leveling the curve of speed and, and my instructions for that. Here we are, one year in retention. He has yet to get those laterals bonded. Posterior teeth have settled in nicely. Overbite has maintained its correction. Let's talk about communication for your ClinCheck for proper space closure and torque control of your upper anterior teeth. But the point is you want to avoid excessive lingual tipping during space closure because otherwise it will result in anterior interferences that will prevent the posterior teeth from contacting. And again, thinking about the language of fixed appliances, we want to mimic our ClinCheck uh, to mimic the movement of a rectangular arch wire filling a slot power chaining six to six. So sometimes when we do that, we wipe a small curve in the upper arch to counteract any excessive uh, lingual tipping of the anterior crowns when we power chain molar to molar. Some ask for um, lingual root torque to be added, 10 to 15 degrees of root torque to be added in your ClinChecks, or you can uh, do it without changing the torque value of these teeth during space closure like I did in that second case.
You could even ask for a small amount of intrusion during your space closure uh, while you're torquing these anterior teeth to help uh, correct the overbite. But again, it is the same mechanics that we employ with closing loop arch wires to retract upper two to two. Lingual root torque is often added or twisted into that anterior segment of wire to counteract uh, the tipping action. And that segment of wire is often stepped up to prevent deepening of the overbite. And even more so, sometimes we wipe a curve in that wire to, to prevent any dumping of the arch into that space. So again, design your ClinCheck the same way to mimic the movement of uh, teeth with arch wires and, and brackets. So here are my specific instructions for this last case. When retracting 7, 8, 9, and 10, please uh, place 15 degrees of lingual root torque during retraction to prevent lingual tipping of the crown. Where do I get 15 degrees? I, I really just kind of pull it out of my pocket, and it's just a way for me to communicate with my technician. When uh, closing spaces on the lower, please place five degrees of root torque on the lower two to two to prevent lingual tipping. And this is in the days before power ridges were available on the lower anterior teeth. So again, my point to you is that what we as doctors need to do is better understand how to communicate to our technicians and describe what we want to occur um, based on what we know best with our fixed appliances or really, again, what we take for granted every day. So the three cases I just presented to you were all class one spacing cases, but the mechanics were very different and were communicated very differently. In the first case, we ju I just sent it in and, and hit accept uh, because we didn't know any better back in the early 2000s. Um, in the second case, I asked to keep the torque at the same emergence profile to help prevent any excessive tipping. And that worked out nicely because the teeth were flared to begin with. In the third case, I had excellent root control uh, throughout the whole space closure and helped preserve my interincisal angle, as you saw, by asking for 15 degrees of active lingual root torque during the space closing process. So let's continue our conversation and, and add in a discussion about the virtual, the default virtual power chain. And my concern with this is that when tightening the contacts, anterior teeth are often just simply tilted lingually during this virtual power chain. And in my opinion, this undoes all the torque that was achieved during treatment or it really uh, untorques or undertorques teeth during this tightening uh, process. And again, I have found that oftentimes you end up with anterior interferences and posterior open bites. So in my mind, in designing ClinCheck to mimic fixed appliances, I ask for active lingual root torque during this space closure or a contact tightening with the virtual power chain to overcome this anterior interference phenomenon that I have experienced from time to time. So I typically ask anywhere from five to 10 degrees of lingual root torque when closing anterior spaces or tightening these contacts. And again, in my mind, this best mimics an edgewise wire binding in a bracket slot when we're power chaining six to six. So in review, I have nothing against the virtual power chain I simply want you to be mindful of any excessive lingual crown tipping that is often associated with it, and don't be afraid to ask for some active lingual root torque. Uh, backing up, I typically uh, remove the default power chain in my initial uh, ClinCheck setup and tend to use it more during the refinement process or the refinement stages. So here's just two quick examples. Um, again, the next two cases are, are teen cases, um, class one mild crowding, uh, you'll note that 
the, on the patient's left side, the seven was uh, erupted into the mouth where I put an attachment on and actively erupted it into the dentition, into the occlusion, while uh, the upper right seven, uh, we did some passive eruption. So you'll see here's the Ceph, a little bit of overjet to work with. So in my initial submissions, here are my instructions to expand the buccal segments, to round out the arch form, reduce the overjet by retracting the upper, upper centrals in a bodily fashion, do not tip them, okay, so help reduce that overjet that you saw on the Ceph. And then while you're bringing the upper laterals out, please add five degrees of labial root torque to them to help keep the root caught up with the, um, the crown. In my modifications, I said from stage seven forward, please add 10 degrees of lingual root torque to eight, nine during retraction. And again, this is in my mind, this is per to prevent any excessive lingual uh, tipping. So you'll watch, watch eight and nine right now during retraction, you'll see that active lingual root torque applied with, um, during the space closure process. Again, to help prevent any excessive tipping of these teeth during the space closure, helping to reduce that overjet that this patient starts out with. My laterals, you can see I'm moving the, the roots with a virtual, uh, the virtual roots rather, with some labial root torque to help uh, get those roots underneath the clinical crown. And when I retract eight and nine, there's active lingual root torque occurring. Getting back to this active extrusion, I'm extruding this seven. I've got a rectangular beveled gingival attachment. And again, if I did not have this attachment, my pushing vector of force coming down to extrude this tooth would skip right off the buccal surface of the clinical crown and not extrude this tooth. But with this attachment, I'm able to get some nice extrusion. And we'll see if there's any difference between active extrusion versus passive eruption. Here we are, stage 20, 10 months of treatment. Nice change in the art form, arch form. We can see and appreciate that the roots of the laterals are now have stayed underneath um, that clinical crown, so it's not just tipping uh, the crowns out. But on the top, you'll see uh, we have active extrusion on the patient's left side. On the bottom, we have natural eruption of that seven. Let's go to the pan to see if there's any difference. Well, the roots look pretty parallel. Then when we compare initial to the final and we look at the left side and, and look at the difference of alveolar bone between the six and seven on the left side with the active extrusion side versus the passive eruption side. So with my wet piece of plastic on a number seven that's at the end of the line, I was able to not only affect active extrusion, but also a little bit of distal root tip to gain that extra point on my ABO score. Um, so pretty uh, interesting clinical observation here. Let's go to the Ceph, and we have a nice um, reduction of the overjet compared to the beginning, but more importantly, I help preserve the interincisal angle uh, by asking during my modification process for some active lingual root torque during that space closure. Total treatment time, well under a year. Next patient, another class two uh, teenage patient. Again, uh, unilateral, uh, crowding and extrusion of the upper laterals. This is an end-on class two, so I'm not pretending to be a hero here in fixing a full class two, but this is a class two that I would feel very comfortable treating with fixed appliances and elastics alone. And in my opinion, you should have the same comfort level of treating this sort of class two with aligners 
and elastics alone. You can see how the midlines are off to begin with. Uh, we've got some crowding. The cuspid is end-on uh, class two. The molar is uh, end-on as well. And we're going to get some extrusion of the upper lateral, uh, right, I'm sorry, upper left lateral. And this patient actually spent six, I only saw him twice during active treatment before refinement impression because um, they were in uh, Europe for a year. And so I gave him his aligners in August. I saw him once in December and again the following August for refinement. I gave him his aligners and his elastics and I treated him transatlantically. But you can see that jump at the end to mimic the class two correction with um, elastics. You'll see the upper laterals are brought out and then extruded down and in. So the extrusion does not occur until space is created and then I extrude the teeth with simultaneous retraction lingually. Here we are at case refinement and what happens when we have patients who do such a great job wearing their elastics? Well, we get a little bit of overcorrection. So now my midlines are overcorrected. And I took a progress x-ray when he came back the following year. And uh, the roots look wonderfully parallel. So, we, so in uh, just about a year, you can see the nice extrusion of tooth number 10. Look at my changes in the gingival margins. My midlines are now overcorrected. But more importantly, my um, left side, I have a nice solid class one. So in case refinement instructions, I asked to reduce the overjet by flattening the arch form the upper two to two, retract the upper centrals with five degrees of lingual root torque with power ridges. And again, this is me just getting a nice emergence profile of these teeth, helping to reduce that overjet rather than simply just tilting the uh, incisal edges lingually. And here we are final. The midline snapped back into place when we removed the elastics. Beautiful emergence profile of eight and nine, before and after, again on a teenager. 12 months in retention. So let's get to the meat of this discussion today. Let's really talk about it. And let's revisit, the, again, the language of fixed appliances that we know best uh, and translate that to, to uh, aligner therapy. And let's revisit the Andrews Six Keys of Occlusion, that very important paper that we all read in residency. And more specifically, key number three, uh, talking about torque. And Dr. Andrews mentioned that for every four degrees of lingual root torque, there is one degree of mesial convergence of the gingival portion of the central and lateral incisors, or said another way, mesial root tip. For example, he continues, if the arch wire is lingually torqued 20 degrees in the area of the centrals, then there would be a resultant negative five degree mesial convergence of the roots of each of the central incisor. And that the average distal tip in the ideal setup of a central incisor is plus five degrees it would then be necessary to place a 10-degree distal tip in the arch wire to accomplish a clinical five-degree distal root tip of the crown in the final perfect alignment. Then he says, this, would be, this mechanical problem would be greatly eased if tip and torque are constructed in the brackets rather than bending them in the arch wire. And voila, we've got the birth of the straight wire appliance. We're all familiar with this schematic or the wagon wheel effect that for every, uh, if we have 20 degrees of lingual root torque, we get five degrees of, of uh, mesial root tip. And that's what typically happens. So my question to you is, or the question I ask myself, 
is does this happen with aligners? Meaning when we apply lingual root torque on upper two to two, do we often get that mesial convergence of the roots? And in my opinion or in my experience, it routinely does not. It sometimes does, but it routinely does not simply because the clinical crowns are not being held firmly in place with the aligners. But let's say this another way. Due to the anatomy of the clinical crown that tapers in the gingival third to the incisal third, the vectors of force to affect this root tip, this mesial convergence, skip right off the clinical crown. So rather than mesial root tip that automatically happens, I have found that when attempting lingual root torque with tower ridges at the same time as space closure, sometimes, not always, but sometimes it results in one or two of the central incisors with distal root tip or mesial crown tip and also a very unhappy patient because they don't like the cosmetics of that. So how do we overcome this uh, phenomenon? And this is me pontificating, but perhaps we should have a G4 second order root attachment on these teeth during the torquing process and space closure process and automatically incorporate mesial root tip on the affected teeth in a very similar fashion to the wagon wheel effect that I just described to you, again, in a four to one ratio. So in a sense, we would turn our customized aligner appliance into a straight wire appliance with tip and torque built in automatically, and it's almost as if things have come full circle. So let's talk about some case examples. Here's a class one deep overbite, another teenage patient, uh, upper and lower retroclined incisors, leveling the curve of speed, power ridges on eight and nine. Very brachiocephalic face, 90% overbite. Look at that, Seth. Look at those upper and lower incisors. They're almost parallel at the edge of the screen here. Please, so here are my special instructions. Please refer to his brother's case when it comes to uh, torquing the anterior teeth and leveling the curve of speed. Use power ridges in eight and nine and apply 20 degrees of lingual root torque. Again, where do I get 20 degrees? I'm just you know, really asking my technician that I need a lot of, of torquing here on these teeth and also intrude them three millimeters at the same time. Extrude number 10 to the same level uh, as number seven. Level the curve by extruding the bicuspid to a total of three millimeters and intruding the lower to a total of four millimeters. Again, please refer to my uh, white papers and um, other uh, recorded seminars from this past summit when discussing uh, leveling the curve of speed. Uh, add 10 degrees of lingual root torque to seven uh, and 10. And attachments on seven, uh, 10, 20, 21, 28, horizontal, rectangular, beveled, gingival attachments. So here's my ClinCheck. Intruding, and there is, even though I didn't ask for it, there is a little bit of mesial root tip on number eight. Here is the side view. You can see all that lingual root torque. You can see the intrusion of the lower anterior, the extrusion of the bicuspids to level the curve of speed. Dr. Nikasis, we have a little bit of a delay on our side. Okay. I'm not sure if you need to um, close out and open back up, but it's been some some delays on yours. Okay. Uh, in terms of um, uh, which slide did you see last? Um, oh, boy. Um, uh, we just had delays probably on the last about five or ten slides. Okay. So should I go back to discussing torquing and the wagon wheel effect? No, no, uh, the case examples, I think. Case example, okay. So here we have this um, teenage patient, 
deep overbite, class one, uh, brachiocephalic face. Ceph shows very upright central, uh, upright incisors, upper and lower anterior teeth. And so when it comes to special instructions, uh, please refer to his brother's case um, when referencing torquing the upper anterior teeth and leveling the lower curve of speed. Uh, use power ridges on eight and nine and apply 20 degrees of lingual root torque while intruding these teeth three millimeters. Again, where do I get 20 degrees? I'm simply just uh, communicating with my technician uh, that I need a lot of, of lingual root torque on these teeth. Extrude 10 to the same level as uh, 7. Uh, level the curve of speed by extruding the lower bicuspids at the rate of uh, a total, rather, of 3 millimeters, and by intruding the lower 3 to 3, a total of 4 millimeters. Please refer to my um, white papers as well as previous um, um, seminars that have been recorded on the Line Tech Institute describing in detail this protocol for leveling the curve of speed. Um, attachments on upper laterals and lower bicuspids are horizontal, rectangular, beveled, gingival attachments. Um, and you'll see here, as I'm torquing and intruding uh, the 8 and 9, I'm getting a little bit of mesial root tip on number 8. Laterally, you can see the amount of torquing that's going in, going on rather, and on the lower anterior, I'm intruding the lower 3 to 3 and extruding the lower bicuspids to help correct the overbite. Stage 9, with and without the aligners, and stage 18, nine months into treatment, I take my refinement impression. So we could use a little bit more torque. We could use a little bit more deep overbite correction. So if this were fixed appliances, what would we do? We take the wires out. We, we, we re-wipe the curve of speed in the lower or the curve in the upper. We basically recharge the, the force system. We reactivate the spring of our wire and reinsert it. But with the liners, I simply take a new impression, and I kind of uh, ask for the same movements. Uh, eight, nine, 10 degrees of lingual root torque with power ridges. And here I ask for mesial root tip on number eight and tighten contacts. Same attachments, level the curve of speed using the same protocol. Again, here I am re-activating um, my force system. And so note the movement of number eight. Look at all that mesial root tip asked for or attempted in the ClinCheck. But again, think about the anatomy of the clinical crown and how it is tapering from the gingival to the incisal third. So as my force vectors are skipping off or trying to push off of the buccal or the labial and lingual surfaces of the crown, they're probably skipping right off of them and not affecting that mesial root tip that I'm asking for. And here we are, final. And so this is the problem that has happened sometimes where I did not get that mesial root tip that I asked for. You can see the initial on the bottom and the um, final on top. Excellent improvement, though, in the upper and lower anterior teeth in terms of torque. So we know we can torque the teeth, but again, getting back to that wagon wheel effect, that's the next thing I need to worry about uh, being in control of. But total 14 months of treatment, correcting that deep overbite on a brachiocephalic patient. Excellent uh, improvement of torque or emergence profile of the upper anterior teeth. And here we are, 12 months in retention. Here we have an adult, anterior spacing, start and stop up and load at the same time. The goal is to tighten contacts in all four quadrants in the posterior, 
When closing spaces on 7, 8, 9, and 10, please add 10 degrees of lingual root torque. And for 8, 9, please add 10 degrees of mesial root tip. So here I am trying to ask for it from the very beginning, mesial root tip on 8 and 9 during space closure to overcome this effect that you saw in the previous case. So let's see what happens. Look at the amount of lingual root torque I'm getting with retraction or asking for. And let's see what happens clinically. Look at that. Look at 8 versus 9. So this is what happens sometimes when I attempt lingual root torque with power ridges during space closure. And I get uh, an unhappy patient who doesn't like that appearance, and rightfully so. So I took my refinement impression and asked for special instructions to tighten the contacts in the posterior. Number eight needs 10 degrees of mesial root tip with a G4 second order root attachment. Apply 10 degrees of lingual root torque on eight and nine uh, with power ridges, and again, tighten contacts in the posterior. And this is the response I got from my technician. My request for smart force optimized attachments cannot be accommodated. Uh, placing optimized attachments when the conditions and rules are not met may negate their effectiveness, therefore it's not allowed. You may uh, request placement of conventional attachments instead. So my polite rebuttal was this. There is sufficient mesial root tip on number eight requested for a G4 second order attachment. There is lingual root torque with retraction, but the mesial tip will not occur without the, this attachment and the patient is unhappy with the position of the tooth. The original treatment plan used lingual root torque on eight and nine to retract them, and it caused this distal root tip and mesial crown tip of number eight. I want the G4 second order root attachment to correct what was done in the initial series of aligners. This goes along with key number three of Andrew's six keys to occlusion about torque and the wagon wheel effect. Please review and read this, because I know all my technicians have read this paper, and they, they know all the same basics that we do. We need mesial root tip with lingual root torque to, uh, to correct what has happened. Thank you for your consideration of these points. And here's my new ClinCheck. Now, she's currently in treatment. So I don't have any progress slides, but my last case I'll show you uh, is what will we'll go to this fact. So again, how do we overcome this? Well, again, perhaps we should reconsider applying a G4 second order root attachment during the torquing process to automatically incorporate mesial root tip on these affected teeth, again, mimicking what we know best with the wagon wheel effect in a four to one ratio so that we do not, uh, we do not end up with uh, tilted teeth as I just showed you. So a word about the G4 second order root attachments. Currently, they are not applied to teeth with concurrent or simultaneous lingual retraction that is often needed for anterior space closure. So as you saw in that previous case, um, you will, they, they will not add them because the software does not allow them to add them. So before G4, the advent of G4, I used vertical beveled attachments and in my mind, they're still relevant to control this unwanted tipping because you many times are not able to apply the G4 second order uh, root attachments during uh, lingual, simultaneous lingual retraction. So especially in spaces, in cases rather, that involve space closure with lingual retraction. So here we have a nice diastema case. He's getting this tooth extracted. 
seven and eight on the left side and um, either implants placed or we'll go with a first molar occlusion. Special instructions, stop and start up and lower at the same time. When closing spaces on upper two to two, apply 15 degrees of lingual root torque, power ridges on eight and nine, I'm sorry, power ridges on seven and 10. With eight and nine, close the diastema by applying 10 degrees of mesial root tip, and I want vertical rectangular beveled attachments that are thicker on the distal, tapering to the mesial, and place that at, on the distal half of the clinical crown. So let's look at the ClinCheck. Here are my pushing vectors of force. And as I'm closing that space, I've got lingual root torque occurring, I've got mesial root tip occurring, and I've got lingual retraction occurring all at the same time. But this nice broad surface, again, before the advent of G4, this nice broad surface right here helps me control my mesial root tip and prevent um, mesial crown tipping, as you saw in that previous case. And currently, in today's defaults in the software, you would still need to use these because with simultaneous lingual retraction, G4 second order root attachments are not allowed routinely uh, for this sort of movement. Here we are, 14 months of progress. Took my refinement impression. Look how much better in control I am in, in this emergence profile and the torquing of the teeth as well as the axial inclination of these teeth. It's a very uh, nice improvement and wonderful control. So my point about the, the vertical beveled attachments is that you may still need to use them if you're not allowed to use the G4 second order root attachments to help control your axial inclination of the tooth during anterior space closure with uh, lingual root torque that you need to add on these teeth. Another case, look at eight and nine and how uh, not parallel they are. Look at the spacing we have here. So special instructions, stop and start up and lower at the same time. Uh, eight needs 10 degrees of mesial root tip, vertical beveled attachment on the distal half of the crown, thicker on the distal, tapering to the mesial. Apply 15 degrees of lingual root torque to seven, eight, nine, and 10. When closing spaces, use power ridges on seven, nine, and 10. Thank you. Modifications, please remove the power ridge on seven and place an extrusion attachment instead because there's extrusion on this tooth. So look at the amount of mesial root tip I'm asking for on tooth number eight. And there is simultaneous lingual retraction. So currently in today's default, these vertical beveled attachments are necessary to affect that. Uh, and I like, it's not necessarily on the bevel, rather it's on the distal half here, because I've got this nice broad surface to affect my mesial root tip. Leveling the curve of speed on a teenager, intruding the lower three to three, extruding uh, the lower bicuspids. Stage uh, 15, I took a refinement impression, but look at that nice surface area I've created on the distal of number eight to affect my mesial root tip and control my tooth movement. And total treatment time, 12 and a half months. Again, on a teenage patient. This is a slam dunk for Invisalign.
But look at the nice arch form change. Look at the nice control of uh, torque and emergence profile. And note the improvement in 8 and 9 and how parallel they are compared to the initial. And here we are at one year in retention. So here we have a supernumerary numerary maxillary lateral incisor. We have a G4 second order mid, uh, root attachment with a midline chip, and there is lingual root torque with retraction. So this was right when G4 came out, and I waited to submit this case and to use the G4 second order root attachments. It took about eight modifications to get something that we were all happy with. Here's a patient. She has a true supernumerary lateral incisor. I elected to treat her by extracting the one just mesial to the cuspid so that if there was any papilla tissue issue, it would be between the cuspid and the lateral rather than the central and the lateral. You can appreciate how her upper midline is off. Pretreatment full mouth series. Post-extraction, and again, I took the one mesial to the cuspid so that once we close this space, if there is any papilla issue, it would not be, uh, be on the distal of the lateral, not the mesial, uh, and it would be less apparent in, in the smile, perhaps. And so you'll see I've got a pontic tooth here. My pontic is smaller mesial and distally, that way I get more plastic enveloping on the clinical crown, uh, on the teeth adjacent to the extraction site. It's shorter vertically, again, to get more plastic enveloping on the, cl uh, the clinical crowns of the teeth adjacent to the extraction site. And that way it also disappears a lot quicker. So you, you can stop filling the pontic around stage um, uh, seven or eight rather than all the way up to 16. Now, you'll notice my midline shift here. I have these vertical rectangular attachments on the laterals because there currently is no G4 second order attachments for laterals to control the second order inclination. So I've had these large attachments on vertical to create a nice surface area to push the teeth um, behind the center of resistance. Okay, so I'm pushing, starting to push on the mesial surface behind the center of resistance for better uh, root control. Um, I've got the G4 second orders on 8 and 9 to help shift my midline, and I've got the nice rotation attachments on um, the bicuspid on the lower left and on tooth number 11 and 27. Now, I want you to see I'm going to place my cursor here right on the mesial incisal edge of number 8. I'm going to press play, and you're going to see how much lingual retraction there is occurring in this ClinCheck with a G4 second order root attachment with lingual retraction and lingual root torque. So I show this simply not to, um, you know, uh, stir the pot, so to speak, but to, to simply show a line that in my experience that it has been just fine using these G4 second order root attachments with 
concurrent lingual retraction and lingual root torque. And so my hope is that by the next uh, improvement that perhaps this will no longer be an issue. Just like by when G4 came out, the G3 attachments are now allowed to be used with um, elastics and the precision cuts. So our rotation attachments, our extrusion attachments are now allowed to be used with precision cuts, where back in G3 that was not allowed. So it's my hope that this will, will no longer be the case. And that's what the wonderful thing is about Align, is they do listen to us, the orthodontic community collectively, to our feedback, and they continuously make improvements based on the feedback we give them. So here we are, stage 12, in and out. And I like to take photos with my aligners in so that I can see how well or not well the teeth are tracking. Stage 23, impression for case refinement. Total treatment time, 11 and a half months. And look how well everything is tracking. There is no uh, fit issues at all with uh, this uh, case. Look at my midlines are now on. My overbite has been uh, maintained. My papilla has responded wonderfully. And to go from the top to the bottom here in under a year, I think is just really remarkable. I don't think I could do this with fixed appliances. Progress pan, look how wonderfully parallel those roots are. Again, doesn't get any better than that. I can't do this as quickly or as efficiently with fixed appliances. Look at my midlines are now on. So let's go to refinement. In refinement, I asked for some, let me back up here. In refinement, I asked for some attachments to um, settle this occlusion to extrude the upper left four, five, and six. So horizontal bevel gingival attachments. I asked for a G4 second order root attachment on number eight to apply my mesial root tip. And I will also, as you'll see, have some lingual root torque uh, during this time. So I'm affecting some mesial root tip on this tooth. I'm extruding the upper left quadrant to get some better occlusion here. And as you can see, I'm tightening contacts with not only uh, retraction, but simultaneous lingual root torque as well as uh, the mesial root tip. So I have multi-plane movements going on here. And here we are. She came in last week just for a quick progress. She has a total of eight stages of refinement, but she came in because um, she had an attachment pop off. So I took these photographs, and look how well everything is tracking here. Here's without. The occlusion is settling in nicely on both sides in the posterior. Her bite is feeling nice and even. My midlines are on. But look at the difference between case refinement impression and seven stages of case refinement. Look at my uh, number eight and, and the axial inclination and the mesial root tip I am able to affect on that tooth. And you can even, even see it in terms of the embrasure and the papilla that's improving uh, from the time that case refinement impressions were taken. The occlusion, again, is settling in nicely. I mean, this is just a win-win for everybody. Very nice improvement on the mesial root tip of number eight. Again, looking back at the ClinCheck, we had mesial root tip, 
lingual root torque and lingual retraction all occurring, occurring simultaneously. So in review, let's discuss briefly what we reviewed today. Again, ask yourself how you, your fixed appliances would affect the desired movements uh, that you would want, and then design your ClinCheck to mimic that movement. Think about your, your pushing plastic appliance, your appliance system of choice is a pushing piece of plastic, and how that is acting onto the crown and then translating uh, up toward the root. With regard, toward, with regard to torquing of the upper anterior teeth, it's very important, in my opinion, to avoid excessive lingual tipping during anterior space closure. I personally remove the virtual power chain from the initial setup. I tend to use the virtual power chain in the refinement process with the caveat that I add active lingual root torque during the process. You may, again, in regard to torquing the, of the anterior teeth, you may have to build in mesial root tip for your centrals or laterals in refinement if they experience distal root tip during the initial series of aligners. Again, remember the wagon, the wagon wheel effect that we know from key number three of, of uh, Andrew's six keys to occlusion. With regard to torquing of upper anterior teeth and distal root tip that sometimes occurs, I showed you cases today where it did and where it did not happen. I have not personally figured out a way to predict uh, when it happens or how to avoid it, but I only have been able to clean it up after the fact in refinement. What I did show is even with mesial root tip that is planned in the, in the ClinCheck, it is not expressed clinically simply due to the anatomy of the clinical crown or the tapering anatomy of the clinical crown because the vectors of force will skip right off the clinical crown and not affect the, the desired uh, root tip. So the question that we have to ask is, do we need default attachments placed to affect the second order root movement or the actual inclination that would best mimic the wagon wheel effect that we take for granted every day with our fixed appliances. Again, think about the interaction of the arch wire in the slot uh, and design your ClinCheck to mimic the same interaction with the plastic aligner. And the use of an appliance that is a sophisticated plastic aligner is really causing us to have to learn a whole new way to talk or really to torque to teeth. And translating the language of fixed appliances to the lexicon of aligner therapy is what doctors must challenge themselves to learn how to do. May the floss be with you. <laughs>